Welcome to the Truth Be Known podcast, bringing you the objective truth boldly, candidly, and without apology. Welcome to this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Be Known podcast. I'm your host, Nathaniel Jolly. Now, this week, I want to continue our series on lessons the church has learned in 2020. In our last episode, I talked about how in the midst of what has been a disastrous and insane year for many, we can still be grateful to God for the very many things he's exposed in the church, false doctrines and weak beliefs um, he's exposed and in the American church, and we can be thankful and deal with those things. Uh, Last week, we talked specifically about how poor ecclesiology has been exposed within the church. And this week, I want to talk about how 2020 has laid bare the utter bankruptcy of the charismatic church, of the New Apostolic Reformation, Word of Faith, charismatic movement. Undoubtedly, 2020 has been the year, I think, more than any other year in my lifetime to condemn the charismatic movement. We've had false prophecies by false prophets galore. Uh, We've had the modern idea of healing found wanting, so-called apostles lost for words, and all of the charismatic church's prominent leaders absolutely put to shame by the year 2020. Um, I want to just hit on a couple of these things during this episode. I want to talk about prophets and prophecy and healing specifically. But before we really get into those details, um, I just want to simply say, if anyone still believes in the teachings of the charismatic church after 2020, either they are blinded by deception or they are blatant liars. There's just no way to really get around that. And so I, I want to take some time to kind of set the stage here biblically for the importance of guarding ourselves against false doctrine. I realize it's easy, it might be easy for some folks to say something like, well, Nathaniel, you came out of the charismatic church, so you're just a little more sensitive than you need to be, perhaps. Well, I get that. And while it's true that I'm keenly aware of the danger of the smallest of the charismatic doctrines, the scriptures make a point over and over and over again and is far more sensitive to the dangers of false teaching than most people realize. I want to consider just a handful of passages before we jump into some specific content. Deuteronomy 18.20 says this, But the prophet who speaks a word presumptuously in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or which he speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. That's pretty intense. Ezekiel nineteen, uh, sorry, Ezekiel thirteen nine says, "So my hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and utter lying divinations. They will have no place in the council of my people, nor will they be written down in the register of the house of Israel, nor will they enter the land of Israel, that you may know that I am the Lord God." Jeremiah fourteen fourteen says, Then the Lord said to me, The prophets are prophesying falsehood in my name. I have neither sent them nor commanded them nor spoken to them. They are prophesying to you a false vision, divination, futility, and the deception of their own minds. So as you can see, God doesn't take kindly to false teachers, false prophets, and false prophecies. But let's just continue on a few more passages. Jeremiah 23, 16 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, 
Do not listen to the words of the prophets who are prophesying to you. They are leading you into futility. They speak a vision of their own imagination, not from the mouth of the Lord. So clearly this has been a problem all throughout history, and God has some pretty uh, clear and harsh warnings, not only for the body of Christ, but for those who would... um, speak these false prophecies themselves. Now, let's go on to the New Testament. Lest anyone think the New Testament is any more lenient on those who bring false doctrines and false prophecies into the church. Matthew 24, 24 says, For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. I think in our current world, so many people, at least in the Western church, forget that the scripture makes abundantly clear that there will, that there will be, right, many false teachers and false prophets that arise. And that's what we see in the modern charismatic word of faith movement. But let's continue on. Matthew 16, back up just a little bit to Matthew chapter 16, 11 through 12. It says, how is it that you do not understand that I speak? that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So this is Jesus talking to the disciples. Uh, He goes on to say, Then they understood that he did not say beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now we're going to bring that point up again a little bit later, I hope. Um, But Jesus himself makes it a point to warn the disciples against false doctrine. Go to 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4. For the time will come when when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled. They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. Man, that sounds like our day and age, doesn't it? Now, this is the Apostle Paul warning Timothy of the masses that will succumb to false teachers. We go on to Acts 20, 28 through 30, and it says this, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. All right, so this is Apostle Paul uh, talking to those who shepherd the church of God. Uh, he goes on to say, um, The Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after them. Now, we could go on and on and on, but the point is that Scripture makes a pretty big deal about guarding ourselves against false teachings and false teachers. And this is why I've said that I think um, it's a huge blessing that God has given us in 2020 because 2020 has proven false teachers over and over and over and over again. It has exposed uh, their teachings over and over and over again as being false. And so for anyone who will open their eyes, you can see the truth clearly around you. Like we never, like we haven't in my lifetime, right? Uh, But our time is not unique in terms of false teachers. Obviously, we get that. Um, Although I do think that we have a unique unmasking of false teachings this year. Now, um, you've heard the severity of Scripture, right, Uh, concerning false teachers 
and and we didn't even get to all of them. I mean, just think. I, I'm I'm now thinking of the scripture that talks about it's better for a millstone to be tied around someone's neck and that they be drowned in the sea rather than mislead God's people. I I mean, just it is better for someone to be killed mafia style than to mislead people in false teaching. That's pretty severe, right? But there are other preachers who we all know and love um, who have been keenly aware of the danger of false teachers. Charles Spurgeon, right, in his day had to contend with the spread of false prophecies and so-called false prophets, although I think it was nothing like what we probably see today. But nonetheless, Spurgeon, the beloved prince of all preachers, that man who was loving and kind and gentle and yet a bold, fierce defender of truth, um, had to deal with the same type of thing. And y- you know what? Let's just listen to how Charles Spurgeon responded to this type of thing. He says, and I quote, Take care never to impute the vain imaginings of your fancy to him. I have seen the Spirit of God shamefully dishonored by persons, I hope they were insane, who have said that they have had this and that revealed to them. There has not for some years passed over my head a single week in which I have not been pestered with the revelations of hypocrites or maniacs. Semi-lunatics are very fond of coming with messages from the Lord to me, and it may save them some trouble if I tell them once and for all that I will have none of their stupid messages. When my Lord and Master has any message to me, he knows where I am, and he will send it to me direct and not by madcaps. Never dream that events are revealed to you by heaven, or you may come to be like those idiots who dare impute their blatant follies to the Holy Spirit. If you feel your tongue to itch to talk nonsense, trace it to the devil, not to the Spirit of God. Whatever is to be revealed by the Spirit to any of us is in the Word of God already. He adds nothing to the Bible and never will. Let persons who have revelations of this, that, and the other go to bed and wake up in their senses. I only wish they would follow the advice and no longer insult the Holy Spirit by laying their nonsense at his door. End quote. Well, I think we have a pretty good picture of how Charles Spurgeon felt. Now, I want to jump back to the year 2020 from Spurgeon to our day. Because this has been, like I've said, a historic year, I think, in refuting the doctrines and the legitimacy of the Word of Faith NAR charismatic movements. Now, if you'll go back to March, and I think you'll recall this, Kenneth Copeland, who claims to be in the office of a prophet, supposedly executed judgment on COVID-19, ending it for good. Well, let's just deal with the obvious. His judgment failed. Nine months later or so, we still have COVID. Now, he also demanded a vaccination to come immediately. Clearly, that also didn't happen. The vaccine, which is only now starting to be administered to the public outside of testing, took time to make and went through a process. There was nothing miraculous or instant about its development. False prophet, false prophecies. Uh, Kenneth Copeland, however, is not the only so-called prophet to announce the end of COVID, but he is perhaps the most well-known. And actually, as if his charade in March wasn't enough to discredit 
not only him, but the entire so-called prophetic world in the charismatic church, he did something in April called a virtual victory campaign. Now, he started off, and so this is a month later, right? So he started off that by speaking to the atmosphere, whatever that means. And he goes on to command Satan, which, by the way, we don't have the authority to do. And he ended in a dramatic display of so-called power where he blew the wind of God and declared that COVID was destroyed in that instance forever. So quite literally, he actually blew at the camera and was blowing away COVID-19 with the breath of God that was supposedly coming out of his own mouth. So we're going to just leave all of that aside and just state the obvious that here we are months later in December, and guess what? COVID is still here. Well, in February of this year, a gentleman by the name of Hank Kuhneman, the senior pastor of the Lord of Hosts Church, said, speaking directly for God, and I quote, Listen to the words that I speak to you at this moment, says the living God. Now, this is him quoting God directly. For I have spoke to you before, and I speak to you again. I have extended an op- and opened a window of mercy to this nation at this time. Therefore, the virus that they speak of, the bright prognostication, the diagnosis, the fear, my mercy is the quarantine that shall be greater than what they have spoken to you, United States. And because of this administration that stands in this land, who honor me, who honor the covenants of your forefathers and the Constitution, and because they have aligned themselves with Israel, and because they have sided on the right side of life, life in the womb, life given outside of the womb, therefore I give life to this nation, and I give mercy. Do not fear. This virus is the Spirit of God. End quote. Okay, well, first of all, I feel like I need to repent just for repeating that nonsense. Um, But guess what? We still have the virus. Not only do we still have the virus, but it has killed tens of thousands of thousands of people. Now, what he was trying to say in that made-up nonsense was that we were going to be shielded from the virus. So this is back in February, which clearly wasn't true and didn't happen. And the prophecy clearly wasn't for God, but then at the end, for good measure, he adds a touch of blasphemy by claiming that the Spirit of God is the COVID-19 virus. No, uh, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is a person. God is a person. Jesus is a person, not a virus. Um, This is what the year 2020 has exposed in the charismatic church undeniably so. I mean, these charismatic doctrines are like poison. They get into the body and spread. And before you know it, it permeates every healthy belief until you have nothing left but sickness and death. And scripture itself teaches us this very thing, and we talked about it earlier. Right, go to Galatians 5.9. It's just a repeat of what we heard A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. Right now, the context here is the Apostle Paul addressing the church in Galatia, who were being influenced by Judaizing false teachers that were undermining the central New Testament doctrine of justification by faith. But there's a principle here in this passage. We see a characteristic of false teaching, namely that false teachers spread and false teaching 
teachings spread and contaminate the church with heresy. Just like a little leaven impacts the whole lump of dough, a little heresy can manipulate and twist the thinking of an entire group of people. That is exactly what we see within the charismatic church. And 2020 has exposed these prophecies and prophesiers as what they really are. Fake. False. Fraudulent. Now, I'm going through some of these examples because I'm hoping to build a solid case a biblical case for those who may be trapped in this movement or those who are not yet convinced of the danger of the movement. So we started with just a ton of scriptures that talk about the, that warn the body against false teachers, that talk about the severity in which false teachers are judged, right? And, and then looking at examples, the truth is the standard for prophecy and for a prophet has never changed. The standard is absolute 100% accuracy. And in all these examples, which are just a very minute number of the examples we could bring, right, are totally false and haven't come true. And so if we apply the biblical expectation we come to the conclusion that not only are they false, but lucky for them, we're not in the Old Testament because they would be stoned to death. Now, let's just move on a little bit and talk about a few more examples. Another so-called prophet, T.B. Joshua. Now, he decided that he was going to pray and fast on a mountain top until the coronavirus ended. He made a big scene of it, got a lot of publicity, and he said that he was going to refuse to eat until the enemy was defeated. Now, we would rightly assume that if he was indeed a prophet, that he would be doing this by way of instruction from God, and therefore it would be effective, lest God is made out to be some weak God with no power. Well, T.B. Joshua started this no eating on April the 28th, or somewhere thereabouts. And wouldn't you know that he's still living, and the virus is too, So much for that stunt. This was merely just that, a sham, a publicity stunt. He would be dead by now, but no, he's alive and he's doing well, and in fact, he's still getting rich off of manipulating the masses. Now, not only did he pull this stunt, but for those who may say that, well, he didn't actually claim the Lord told him to do it, maybe he just assumed that, well, firstly, we talked about so-called prophets doing things presumptuously earlier, but in addition to that, he also claimed that COVID-19 would end uh, before he pulled this stunt, he claimed that it would end on March the 27th. Well, here we are, 2020, having proved TB Joshua to be just another false prophet, and the church having been infected with his false influence. Now, at this stage, should anyone be tempted to misapply grace to T.B. Joshua's wrong prophecies, uh, I actually want to read the passage that gives God's standard for those who claim to be prophets, because I mentioned that earlier. So Deuteronomy 18.22 says, When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing he does, if if the thing does not come about or come true, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it, spoken it presumptuously, you shall not be afraid of him. So in other words, if a prophet is wrong, even once, even partially, he's to be disregarded and considered a false prophet. In fact, 
The scripture goes even further back up to Deuteronomy 13.5, and it says that the prof- that, that prophet or that dreamer of dreams who's wrong should be put to death. Well, speaking of dreamer of dreams, um, how many random charismatic YouTubers have supposedly had dreams of COVID? There is no shortage. I'm not going to go through all of those. All you have to do is a quick search and Every single one of them is wrong with failed dreams, failed prophecies, or just whacked out and make no sense at all whatsoever. And not only have prophecies of COVID been wrong this year, thanks to 2020, how many of these big platform charismatic guys have prophesied the re-election of Donald Trump? Now, as of right now, um, I think the Electoral College has just voted. Looks like uh, the votes have come in for Joe Biden. And uh, the chances of Trump being inaugurated at this uh, time is highly unlikely. Still possible? Likely? Probably not. But here's the real thing. Not to mention that Biden just got the Electoral College votes, but none of these guys prophesied election fraud none of them prophesied the drama that was going to happen around the fraud none of them prophes- uh, prophesied any of these major lawsuits not a single word of that which you would think that something as huge as massive election fraud would have come out from some of these so-called prophets but nope just prophecies of a landslide win and smooth sailing Clearly, that didn't happen. Now, recently, in October, Pat Robertson prophesied that, quote, Trump is going to win the election. That's a given, end quote, he says. Well, Mr. Robertson, you got that one wrong, so let's apply the biblical standard. He's a false prophet. Now, he goes on to say that after Trump is sworn in and Vice President Pence is sworn in, then trouble is going to happen. Whoops. There we have it. So much for, quote, that's a given. Right? Now, another example is Mark Taylor, who supposedly prophesied Trump's first election, which is really just a guess, um, except there was a small detail to that prophecy, which is good to bring up, because that prophecy was that the news media, now this is during this last term, would become completely captivated with Trump and even begin to agree with him. Well, we couldn't have a more stark contrast than we do because clearly that didn't happen. Now, this was this guy was on the 700 Club this May, and this is what he said about this election. He said, "God is looking for his people right now, his millionaires and billionaires to buy out news media." He says that there's no doubt that Trump will sail right into his second term. Well, so much for that. By the way, God's not looking for his people. He has his people. And God certainly doesn't need millionaires and billionaires to buy out the news media. Well, so, so much, Mr. Mark Taylor, for your prophecy. But Mr. Taylor's in good company because, actually, Mexico's self-proclaimed grand warlock, Antonio Vasquez, also predicted Trump's re-election. Would you like to know how Mr. Uh, Antonio Vasquez predicted it? Well, he learned that it was going to be a re-election by performing tarot card and horoscope readings. So there you have it, two birds of a feather. Now, there's just 
no way that we could do this episode without bringing up Paula White. And I have to admit, I hope that this podcast episode especially is appreciated because it is extremely painful to watch long stints of her speaking. But in any case, in early November, she went on a rampage where she called in the angels from Africa and the angels from South America supposedly doing spiritual warfare on behalf of Trump's re-election campaign, where she says that she heard the Lord say, and I quote, it is done. Well, there you have it, folks. Now she goes on to say she hears the sound of victory. Now I know instantly any of you that have been on social media uh, just saw the picture of the remix with Paula White saying victory, victory, victory in the background with a cat bobbing his head to the music. It's actually pretty hilarious. But anyway, so she says she heard the sound of victory. She said she heard God himself say it is done. And of course, the angels were coming. Well, here we are, December 14th, 2020. Now, Keep in mind that Paula White was also the one who says that when she walks on the White House ground, God walks on the White House ground. And wherever she goes, God rules, as though God doesn't rule if she doesn't go anywhere. But anyway, and also that wherever she stands, it's holy ground. Okay. Well, I'm not sure how much more blasphemous you can get than Paula White, but there you go. It's utterly absurd and clearly 2020 has exposed her again and again and again along with the rest of these charismatic frauds now we talked a lot about prophecy but it's not the only thing that's been exposed as being false many in today's uh, charismatic movement claim to have the miraculous gift of healing or that that gift of healing still operates today. And I would suggest that that has also been exposed as being utterly false. I think anyone who has eyes can see that. And um, yeah, so consider this. If the gift of healing was still in operation today, then why has the COVID-19 virus run rampant for the last 11, 12 months or so? It's a good question. I mean, have the people with this miraculous gift decided to just not use it? Because if that's the case, then they should probably be charged with manslaughter for the countless tens of thousands that have succumbed to the virus when they could have just simply, you know, passed over them with their shadow or something. Or perhaps there was just so many to heal that they couldn't get to them all. But... Then again, surely if someone were going around miraculously healing everyone that they could touch, there would undoubtedly be news exposure, proof, and tons of publicity, right? I mean, just look at the publicity Todd White gets, and all that guy does is some fake leg lengthening trick. Surely the real thing would get even more exposure, but no, not a single bit of coverage. So, Well, dear friends, I suggest to you that the reason for the lack of coverage is because of the lack of the gift. Now, those were real gifts. By the way, the miraculous sign gifts, including the gift of healing, were very real. They were indeed miraculous, but they were given for a specific time period, for a specific purpose, and they no longer function in the body of Christ today. But for argument's sake, 
Let's see how those who claim to be the holders of this gift have dealt with the COVID-19 disease, flu. And I'm speaking of none other than Bethel Church in Redding, California. They're known, after all, for their emphasis on miracles, signs, and wonders. They claim to have healed millions in their healing rooms. And in fact, they have students come from all over the world to be trained and sent back out into the world, supposedly, in how to operate in those gifts. And Bill Johnson, the senior pastor himself, has made statements like, and I quote, I refuse to create a theology that allows for sickness. Well, Mr. Johnson, you don't have to create that theology. That heresy's been around for a long time. But anyway, how did Bethel, who supposedly has this gift of healing, how did they deal with the COVID sickness? Well, they closed down their healing rooms. What? Yeah, you heard me correctly. In response to sickness, they closed the rooms in which they claim people are peeled from sickness. Yep. Well, that was their response. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, let's just ask a few questions here. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, so Jesus touched the lepers, right? And Bethel claims to have the same healing powers as Jesus. So in response to a virus, which they claim they have the power to heal, they shut down their healing rooms? Well, why does that make any sense? Well, if you're left scratching your head, join the club because it doesn't. If you had the gift of healing, I mean, just think with me here for a moment. Um, if, if they had the gift of healing, wouldn't they want to open up more healing rooms? If people were getting healed in these rooms, wouldn't you think they'd want to expand the number of them rather than shutting them down so that people no longer had access to this supposed healing? I mean, is this some kind of sick joke? No pun intended. So here's Bethel claiming that they heal millions of people. And so they shut down, basically communicating, well, we could heal people because that's what we claim, but we just aren't going to do that right now. I mean, if that's true, it sort of seems like it should be punishable by law. Beyond that, if they really could do all these miracles and they can't, which is why they shut down and they haven't, um, why aren't they clearing out hospitals? But not just of COVID-19 patients. Why aren't they in St. Jude's Children's Hospital healing all the children who haven't had much of a life yet who are dying and suffering from cancer and other illnesses? Well... I mean, beyond that, if they had this ability to heal, why isn't all of California, I mean, at least Redding, COVID-free? But no, instead, California is on lockdown again, and the virus is running rampant. Maybe there's something to this thing that, you know, the gift of healing isn't for today. Now, I'm not saying that God can't do miracles or that he doesn't do miracles. That's his prerogative. I mean, of course, God is a miraculous God, but there's no one walking around with the gift of healing as it was in the scripture. I mean, no one's healing people with shadows and passing cloths around, which, by the way, Bethel's made all those claims. And again, they closed down their healing rooms. That makes no sense whatsoever. And listen, while we're talking about closing down healing rooms, you would think... 
<clears throat> that having been caught red-handed, because that's exactly what that is, having to close their healing rooms because of sickness, that they would repent and recant of their heinous false doctrine. But is that what they've done? No, not at all. In fact, oh, and you're going to love this. As of today, December the 14th, this is what Bethel Church's website reads, and I quote, currently, our healing rooms encounter room ministry is online Saturday mornings from 9 to 11 PDT, and our healing room Zoom ministry is online Saturday mornings from 9 to 1030. <laughs> it, it, it both infuriates me and is hilarious. So... <clears throat> the rooms in which you claim to miraculously heal people have to be shut down because of a sickness. And so since you can't heal people in these healing rooms because of a sickness, you're going to move the healing rooms that don't work online because of a sickness or something like that. I, Folks, you can't get any bolder than this. These people are false teachers. Um 2020, and, and we're going to end, end on this note, 2020 has so just utterly exposed the bankruptcy of this movement that we should see people leaving in droves. These people are false teachers, false prophets, fake healers. Um, and, and this virus this year, this election has exposed them in a way that we have never seen in our lifetime right we certainly live in the time of second timothy 4 3 and i'll just leave this as a warning um for us all to guard our doctrine to call out false teachers and protect one another from these wolves in sheep clothing second timothy 4 3 says for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. So, for those who have the ears to hear, the charismatic church has been exposed, false, and as extremely dangerous. This year has made that abundantly clear, as we hope that You'll recognize that, that folks will have the scales removed from their eyes, so to speak, that they'll come to truth. And if that's you, um, then I just encourage you to, in your pursuit of truth and love for Christ, to find a solid, healthy biblical church. There are a couple websites out there that can help you find a healthy church. You can go to uh, Tom Askell's ministry website called Founders. Um, I think it's founders.org or Founders Ministry. I'll put the links in the show notes. You can also go to uh, John MacArthur's website, the Grace uh, Community Church's website, and find uh, healthy churches. I believe you can go to Heart Cry's website, um, and they have a list of churches, I believe. But find a solidly biblical, healthy church Get plugged in um, and pursue truth. So I hope that this has been helpful to you. And until next time, let the truth be known. 
Now, guys, I hope that today's episode has been beneficial to you. I hope that it has uh, caused you to think through a little bit of some of the things that have been exposed when it comes to the charismatic church and charismatic doctrines. And I just want you guys to remember um, that this ministry can't exist without your prayers and support. And so I thank you. Lots of you pray for us regularly. You sign up on our newsletter, uh, support us financially. Um, we realized, I realized that I can't do this without you. Uh, many of you know that we are planning a church here in Homer, Alaska, and you're supporting that work. So if, if that's you, we appreciate it. If you're not doing so and you'd like to, you're welcome to do that. You can find our Patreon information uh, in the show notes here. You can find me on Twitter and on Facebook. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. So I'd love to hear your questions, your comments, your thoughts. Um, You can send me an email at truthbeknownpodcast at gmail.com. That is all one word, truthbeknownpodcast at gmail.com. Look forward to reading your emails. Until next time. The Truth Be Known podcast is a theologically driven, gospel-centered program serving the body of Christ by bringing biblical truth to bear on issues facing the church today. Subscribe to the Truth Be Known podcast by using the podcast app on your Apple or Android device or listen online at strivingforeternity.org in the podcast section.